Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mike Ashley's Newcastle reign was a disaster for fans. Get out of our club! And behind the scenes, it was booze-soaked chaos. A lot of cash there. A lot of cash. Yes, I've been to the casino. The poorly billionaire oversaw 14 years of drunken mayhem at St. James's Park. From puking in fireplaces to stripping at staff parties, welcome to Big Mike's Decade on the Toon. Joining me to discuss one of the worst owners in Premier League history is Zach from The Upshot. Hello, Jack. And our esteemed producer and co-host, George Cooper. Hello, mate. You all right? I'm all right, George. Yeah, we, uh, <laughs> for, for the benefit of listeners, we've just discovered that George has been preparing for a podcast on Ashley Cole, not Mike Ashley. I've um, we, uh, read all 320 pages of Ashley Cole's 2006 bestseller, My Defence, <laughs> which if you can think of a bigger waste of time... <laughs> Uh, so yeah, no, that was quite a sobering what moment you, just then. Any takeaways? I mean, well, it's a book on Ashley Cole, isn't it? It was a lot of uh, 2006 salacious tabloid nonsense. I mean, it's perfect for the upshot, really. It was. Um, <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> I think because in the group chat we said we're doing Cashley, and I don't, my mind went to Cashley yeah. Cole. Right? Oh, we, we said Cashley because I would yeah. think that's Ashley Cole. Yeah. yeah. But anyway. Um, it's an easy I, mistake to make. I've, I lived in Newcastle for three years during the Mike Ashley reign, so um, I'm not going in completely dry. But yeah, mate, it's a lot of um, lot of pages to go through for. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> does, uh, does Mike Ashley have a autobiography? Um, not that I know of. No, okay. but I, I that, assume you that t- would be a bestseller. I assume you guys would have uh, sniffed out if there was yeah. one. Sort of business bible. Yeah, yeah. business secret of the pharaohs. So, <laughs> so were you? Were you you must have gone to some Newcastle games during the sort of you fat cockney bastard, get out of our club. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. It went to went to many after he ditched sitting with the fans. Yeah, he did. I remember him doing that at the start. He was really into you know sitting there with his pint and his Newcastle shirt, like trying to show that he's the sort of ordinary man of the ordinary people. bloke. Yeah, most unpopular owner in Premier League history. Do we think for a single figure rather than like a faceless? Uh, venture capitalist um, sort of consortium. I think you also need an honourable mention in owners for um, Gold and Sullivan, the West Ham owners. Who I don't. Th- I think they were they were also quite popular. But you know how they made their money through uh, sex selling shops. porn. Yes, yeah, they're shops. collectively known as the Dildo Brothers. I think. <laughs> yeah, East End Porn Kings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think um, David Sullivan's wife was he married. He married one of the porn stars. 
Um, and there was a great story that apparently her brother used to run her for her, her um, fan club. So he'd be there just like filling up envelopes, posting out envelopes filled with pictures of his sister naked. <laughs> That is grim. Yeah. Oh, poor so as, uh, as Saturday jobs go, it's <laughs> But there's something kind of charmingly old school about that, isn't there? Yeah. I feel yeah, a bit yeah. nostalgic about that. The yeah, right. cottage industry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of pornography, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Mail order, mail order porn, yeah. yeah. And the other, the other to gold, his, he started Ann Summers, didn't he? I think he, yes. The one he died recently. Mm. Yeah, I think he took over Ann Summers and it was just a chain of like four sex shops and then actually managed to like transform it into a kind of respectable business. Yeah. He's gone to the grotty sex shop in the sky now. Yeah. RIP. It's a weird, weird industry to think of like, there are families that kind of revolve around it. I had an ex-girlfriend once who, a bit of a tangent here, but used to go out with Tiger Drew Honey, who was a um, an actor. He was in Outnumbered, um, you know, oh, yeah, that sitcom. Yeah, yeah. And his parents called Lindsay Drew and Ben Dover and were both porn stars. <laughs> really? She told me about, she went round Tigers for the first time to sort of like meet the parents. And there's just like this mantelpiece with all these golden cocks and sort of like trophies sort of like screwed up. And she didn't know at this point, she was like, what? <laughs> what did you say your parents do again? But yeah. With the name like Tiger Drew Honey. Yeah. yeah. And Ben Dover. Yeah. <laughs> Presumably not his real name. <laughs> that out. is nominative determinism, isn't it? You get, get named Ben Dover, it's like... There's only one the, uh, in the show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go to see the uh, the careers officer and it's like... <laughs> You know, I think I've got I've got just the job for you. Don't worry about the survey. Yeah. I've got I've got Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, I, a, a few similar characters pop up quite early in the story of Mike Ashley's tenure at Newcastle. It it kind of harks back to a similar era era of grotty Soho sex shops and so on. Should we dive in? Let's do it. Let's do it. Well, our our story begins actually in the mid-90s. So in 1998 Newcastle are owned by Sir John Hall, who's an esteemed and much-loved local businessman who had kind of saved the club. They are in the third tier. He got Kevin Keegan in, brought back a lot of the glory that, that had been lost. And he was much-loved, but he, he was growing old, and he passed over day-to-day running the club to his son, Douglas, and to a guy called Freddie Shepherd, who took over as chairman. And Dougie and Freddie were... Uh, I mean, I, I can't comment on how well they ran the club, but they were up to no good off the pitch. And in 1998, they get done by the news of the world in a sting by the fake shake. Do you remember the fake oh, shake? Oh, the fake shake. Anyway, the fake shake takes uh, poses as a potential buyer of the club or a businessman who wants to do a deal with them. And he goes to Spain with Douglas Hall and Freddie Shepard. And the pair are within five minutes of them sitting down in a strip club. They, they, <laughs> obviously, they brand uh, they brand Geordie women dogs. And what else do they say? Uh, one of them, I think, Freddie Shepherd brags, "I've got six hundred mistresses." And there's just all these like really horrible bragging in between getting lap dances and propositioning strippers. And they go into quite rank and lurid detail about their like touring Europe's brothels, but they don't realise that Mazar Mahmood is an undercover reporter and they get exposed in the news of the world who run pages on pages about this. And naturally, the Newcastle fans are livid. One fan says their behaviour is treason against the Geordie nation. And some other fans at the next game, they besiege the director's box and they're chanting, Judas, Judas. Mm. So wow. Freddie Shepherd and Douglas Hall's relationship with the fans is broken. And from that point on, 
Sir John, who still owns all the shares, is looking for a new buyer. So sort of late 90s, we're talking post the Keegan era, but, you know, Newcastle's still a big club. They've got Bobby Robson. Sir John is looking for someone to take over and he's growing old. Enter Mike Ashley, a 43-year-old billionaire, giant mug magnate, (laughs) tycoon of sportswear. Mike Ashley, he left school at 16 and with a 10 grand loan, built a huge sports business. Apparently his, his style is very old school, as you can imagine. It's a sort of pile them high, sell them cheap strategy. He buys up a lot of like budget sportswear brands like Don A. Slaz and Joe. Slaz and Joe. He's kind of like a sort of a brand parasite in that he'll latch on to some of them are quite like esteemed so we'll buy the image rights to like Yves Saint Laurent and like Lonsdale used to be this like heritage box mm-hmm. brand and then as they're tanking and going into administration he buys them really cheap offloads all of the manufacturers to China so all of the shit you're getting in Sports Direct is proper cheap stuff but it's just got like a logo attached to it it's basically like fake gear yeah. it's like proper East End market kind of but he's doing it on like a mass scale isn't it? it is real though isn't it <laughs> for legal reasons for le- legally it's real it is, yeah. it it's really basically legal he owns, the, he owns the brand yeah yes. yeah, yeah. Like that's, exactly. that is the brand isn't it anyway he, he's he's an old school figure he carries his phone just in a plastic bag that he, he carries around with him <laughs> like a car- sports direct carrier yeah bag. I'm not exactly sure why but probably just for the image and around the time that he buys Newcastle he loses 200 million quid on a spread bet he bets that the banks are going to do well and the financial crisis is just a blip and well, we know what happened next. Sorry to go back to it, but how, how big's his phone? Yeah, I was, I was going <laughs> to... just have it in his pocket? Mid-noughties. <laughs> I, I, do you know what I'm picturing it is? is um, like Dom Jolly. Like a giant baggy, maybe, that he has his wallet in as well? Or, or it's like a handbag and he doesn't like stuff in his pockets. Got you, right. Okay. Or he's, or he's trying, trying to be very old school and he's got one of those 90s mobile phones that's like yeah, yeah. this size. Yeah, the Dom, mm. the Dom Jolly trigger happens yeah, to be yeah, a yeah, yeah. brick with a breadstick coming out of it. Anyway, he pops up from nowhere and in within four days buys the club from Sir John Hall. And John Hall's a bit taken aback. At one point he says, do you want to do any due diligence on the club? And they're just like, no, 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 no. We just want to get the deal done as quickly as possible. And this is a few years after Abramovich has bought Chelsea and Newcastle fans hear this billionaire's buying our club and they think, this is our moment. We're getting our billionaire Mm. who's going to turn us into a super club. So there's all this expectation immediately. And what they don't realise is that, as Mike Ashley explains later, he doesn't actually have any cash. All his wealth is tied up in shares in Sports Direct. And he just wants to buy the club to market his stuff in Asia. He just thinks this is a way to get into a new market. Mm. So there's a big misunderstanding about what's about to take place. Mm. I, I, heard, I heard a story. You know this um, that goal film series? Yeah. That apparently... Um, Mike Ashley paid three million pounds for for a cameo in Goal Three, <laughs> where he's where he's wearing his Newcastle shirt, and he has he has one line in the film. He tells his mate to fuck off. This is one line playing yeah. himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Wrote his own wrote his own line. Goal Three cost three million quid for a cameo. This is what I've read. Have you seen? Have you watched any of the Goal series? Got, it's got four point seven rating on. Uh, Google reviews, yeah. not, um, not IMDb. IMDb. Oh, yeah. And without Newcastle fans, that's probably a two, isn't it? Yeah. 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 I liked it. Yeah. It's like any any sort of bit of popular culture that's poised around a particular football club, the reviews cannot be trusted mm. because mm. the rival fans just pile in. For example, Ashley Cole's autobiography, <laughs> the Amazon reviews are dominated by, by Arsenal fans slagging him off. So I feel like oh, you, really? can't, you, can't, yeah. um, you can't 
give a give a fair judgment. Was it was it the Ashley Cole book that came out like six weeks after he went to Chelsea and describes how he was he was livid at the contract offer of like mm. is that ne- one? He yeah. nearly crashed his car. Anyway, we'll come on to that <laughs> on a different episode. <laughs> 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 Uh, back, back to Mike Ashley, yeah. <laughs> the other Cashley. So he's yeah. in the honeymoon period. Yeah, what yeah, are we? yeah. We're 2000. This is like 2007, eight. Because they didn't last very long, I don't think. So in like in uh, January 2008, he sacks um, Sam Allardyce and he gets in Kevin Keegan, who you know is like Newcastle legend. It's like if if there's anything that you want to do to get Newcastle fans on side, that's it. Um, and there was another a, a game. I think Newcastle won a match and. Afterwards, Mike Ashley goes to a nightclub in the centre of the city and pays a two hundred two and a half grand uh, round of drinks for everyone in the club. Um, That's pretty great. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Better than, yeah. I'm all for that kind of behaviour. Better than the Wrexham shit where they gave each person one of their gins. It was, it was just an advert for their gin. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I don't really like the Wrexham thing. Do you remember this, um, the clip that came out of him necking a pint in the stand? I think it was at the Emirates. Mm. And... Um, yeah, this he did it live on live on TV. The cameras were trained, and him. he just literally necked this whole pint, and then did this really funny face shake afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Should we watch it? Yeah, I've got, go I've got it up. Just a word about the Arsenal physio. We'll see uh, Mike Ashley <laughs> do what the Geordies do best. Is he in a rush? Is he on a on a race there? <laughs> but the, but the um, I think he he apparently got investigated after after this because. You know, you're not allowed to drink beer in view of the stands. Mm. Um, and he then claimed that it was non-alcoholic beer. <laughs> well, to avoid... To avoid, to to avoid, avoid that. getting then, a ban from his own stadium. Yeah, but um, he got caught because there was there was no non-alcoholic beer on sale at the Emirates that day. <laughs> I think you'll find I bought this from home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. That, I mean, if you're going to endear yourself to the, as, as the commentator said, if you're going to endear yourself to the Newcastle faithful, that's... You know, neck a drink, take your top off yeah. and bring yeah. in Kevin Keegan. Yeah, so he's, I mean, he he also doesn't really seem like the kind of guy to go for non-alcoholic drinks, no. really. Um, obviously, he describes himself as a, a power drinker. My thing is not to drink regularly, it's to binge drink. I'm trying to get drunk. There was this story from, uh, he, because he often apparently used to hold um, his business meetings in pubs. And there was this one meeting, he called a, called a meeting with the senior management of Sports Direct and challenged this, uh, this Polish analyst they had working for them to a drinking contest. Um, and the rules were that whoever, whoever left the room first lost, basically. So they ended up, they, they drank apparently 12 pints, followed by vodka chasers, <laughs> at which point this analyst left and Ashley then threw up in the fireplace. Yeah. The- <laughs> That's really good. Yeah. When's this early days? Or just at some point, I don't know. Some point in the haze yeah, yeah, of the yeah, Ashley yeah. rain. Yeah. The rain, that's the honeymoon period you just described, right? It's like basically about nine months long. It lasts until sort of autumn 2008. Um, that's when it starts to become clear that he's not going to put much money into the club. They have a transfer window. Nothing, nothing really happens on the transfer front. And it's also when Ashley brings in his Cockney Mafia. It's what the fans dubbed them. So Dennis Wise comes in in a kind of director of football role. He also hires a guy called Derek Lambias, who was previously the manager of a casino that uh, I think Ashley used to frequent in, in Park Lane. And Dennis Wise tries to force Kevin Keegan to sign a player based off a YouTube video. And <laughs> Keegan's having none of it and, and resigns. And the fans are starting to think, okay, this is getting a bit, getting a bit concerning. 
Um, and meanwhile, the, the sort of the Ashley boozing's going on. There's one one occasion where him and Derek Lambias, his mate, have a bet on how many goals Shola Amiobi is going to score that season. And Amiobi scores a hat trick. And the forfeit is that Lambias has to streak naked across the pitch <laughs> at St. James's Park. And they, they think no one's watching. They're like doing it late at night, but apparently loads of club staff sees. Everyone's like... Are these guys, how serious are these guys? I don't see Roman Abramovich getting naked yeah. or necking pints. That lineup sounds like a sort of cast list of a Guy Ritchie film, doesn't it? Like Dennis Wilde, all these like old footballers. From yeah, yeah. Cockney, yeah. Back yeah, in the casino day. manager, ex crazy gang, hard man, Dennis Wise. And it's about to get a lot more Guy Ritchie film because Kevin Keegan walks and he vows to never set foot in St. James's Park again. While Mike Ashley's there, he calls it an empire of self-harm. Quite, sort of, well. You know, in that sort of very emotional way Kevin Keegan can be. Yeah. And the fans think, okay, our hero's gone, but surely we're getting a top draw replacement. We've got a billionaire owner. We're a big, big club. Who are we going to get? And Mike Ashley goes for Joe Kinnear. Who <laughs> Kinnear <laughs> was Wimbledon manager in the Crazy Gang era. So he was mm. Dennis Wise's manager for a mm. bit. Seven glorious years at... Selhurst and Plough Lane in, a, you know, quite a chaotic but relatively successful period for Wimbledon. But that ended in 1999, so a decade what ago. What have you been doing since then? Are you actually... Because I don't... I remember him being appointed and just being like, who? <laughs> well, mate, you obviously haven't been following the progress of the Nepalese football team as he was managing them. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> and India. He Not like I do now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, now you're deeply familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he managed uh, Himalayan Giants... Nepal and India as well. They're hated local rivals. <laughs> what was that like crossing the crossing the Himalayas? To I have to say, it's it's not the guy I would obviously expect to be in a you know managing more sensitive cultures. He's pretty sledgehammer, and he gets some pretty hard headlines before he's even managed a game for Newcastle. So before his first press conference, he walks in and absolutely loses it. He he sits down. And immediately goes, which one of you, Simon Bird from the mirror? <laughs> Simon Bird sort of gingerly puts his hand up. And he goes, you're a cunt. You can fuck off. And then he just goes name by name of all the journalists who have written negative stories about him. Noel Hickman, which one are you? You can fuck off. You're banned from the ground. And just goes round the room telling them all to fuck off. Shit. He swears 50 times in five minutes. Wow. I mean, do you think, did that work? Do you think that, do you think they, sort of like, were they, were they too afraid to write negative stories about him in the future or were they, did they just fucking hate him after that? I think based off what happened next, it definitely didn't work. Yeah. Um, but he obviously thought that this would be like how to get a fresh start. He said mm. to them, I'm only speaking to local press from now on. National papers can talk to like the media officer or whatever. So he's probably lost it. Mm. And I think like probably not. On day one. Yeah. <laughs> day one, not what the fans want to see. Nah, no, of course not. You can't. Also, you just can't like. But it'll be like no, none, no journo's left in the press room. It's mm. just, it's sort of like a sort of purge of like mm. anyone who's going to speak out against you. Simon Bird presumably didn't return. Yeah, mm. put me on Man United for the rest of the season. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not just the media and the fans who he alienates. He also manages to alienate the entire squad as well because he keeps getting their names wrong in interviews with the press. So he calls Charles Inzogbia, Charles Insomnia, <laughs> and Johan Kabai, Johan Kebab. 
<laughs> so the players are like, what the fuck? That could be, your head it could be a like, nickname, term of endearment, but no, that's, that's proper gammon behaviour, like, yeah. getting, getting your foreign players' you're names right. kebab. <laughs> and Zogbia actually asked for a move. He's so offended. His agent tells the press what's happened, and he's like, I, I want to leave. And he does go to Wigan pretty soon after that. Mm. Apparently he's just, just had enough. Mm. So I don't think anyone's really taking to him. Mm. And... Unfortunately for Joe, he suffers some heart problems in, in the spring and has to step down as manager temporarily. Not surprised given his temperament. <laughs> yeah. High blood pressure going on yeah. there. I mean, he's just like steadily getting redder and redder <laughs> over the season and more and so more. After vitriol. he spotted Simon Bird sneaking in through the, <laughs> the back of his press conference. It's like, no, Hitman! <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. And uh, yeah, he has to step down, leaving Newcastle already in a massive pickle, I think, uh, hovering over the relegation zone by this point. And in comes club legend Alan Shearer. So once again, in Ashley's defence, he's brought in probably the fan favourite for the job. Yeah, he's the, he's the messiah, isn't he? There's not not many people they could have brought in who would have done that. I mean, ultimately it didn't pan out well, but yeah, <laughs> we'll come on to that. There's a bit with the a bit of the um, Frank Lampard, Todd Bowley move last season, wasn't it? Just when. When it's all gone to shit, just just bring back a club legend. And... Yeah, but it never works, no, does it? No, because these, these people are not good managers. <laughs> yeah, like... had never managed a game in his life, Isn't I think, it? right? In Shearer's defence, he does okay. Like, the results aren't that bad, but they're not enough to keep Newcastle up. Mm. And he does have a really good squad. He's got Michael Owen, Damian Duff, Colaccini, Joey Barton. Do we count him as good? He was quite good back then. Mm. Yeah. Well, he, Michael Owen refused, as we spoke about in the previous podcast, refused to play, didn't he? Because he didn't want to crock himself before having mm, out a big move. But. Yeah. This is when the Shearer and Owen relationship breaks because, yeah, Owen doesn't... Uh, there's some debate about what happened, but Owen claims he just wasn't fit. Shearer says he didn't want to risk himself, like you say, because he wanted a, a new contract somewhere else. The Joey Barton thing's a bit more clear-cut. Barton had been in jail for several months <laughs> for a really nasty assault in Liverpool City Centre. Did he put out a fag on someone's face or something? Uh, that also happened to a youth team member at Man City, but that's a different assault. Just a horrible mm. bloke. Yeah. Anyway, the uh, even without Joey Barton, Newcastle don't stay up. We nearly do, and Damien Duff deflects a shot into our own net, mm. and Newcastle go down. Mm. Uh which is the first time in sort of 20 odd years, mm. uh, relegated to the championship. Shearer wants to stay on as manager and he claims that he shook on it with Ashley, that, that he would stay on, but he ends up leaving. Mm. He's sort of just like guided to the door, I think. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. It was about this time that Ashley first put um, Newcastle up for sale, I think, which was like really not a long time after he'd owned it. It was only a year or two uh, since he'd bought the club but there wasn't really that much interest with them doing so badly and he he, he claimed at the time it was because the fans you want me out basically because mm. the fans had turned on him and he apparently was was uh was really fucked off when they got relegated that the fans were like singing songs about him and chanting for him to go which is kind of fair enough, you'd say, but uh, it pissed him off. Jack, can you remember any of the anti-Ashley chants from the St. James's Terraces? The, the big one is, get out of our club, you fat cockney bastard, get out of our club. Mm. Uh, <laughs> we took it to heart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But also, it's like, you want to be popular, don't buy a football club. It's so mm. hard to be a popular football club owner, mm. especially mm. a club with big expectations where you just want exposure for your Slazenger t-shirts mm, mm. your big mugs mm. yeah but yeah I mean I think I think he has that realisation when he when he sticks them up for sale but there's there's really not a lot of interest there's actually a great story that um, Sheikh Mansour was uh, was interested in buying Newcastle in about 2008 I think and actually flew out Mike Ashley to Dubai to meet him so um, Sheikh Mansour the Sheikh Mansour the, the Man, Man City, City the Man boss. City owner and so they they get to Dubai and Ashley just refuses to meet him <laughs> um, and there's then apparently a uh, Ashley created a disturbance in a bar um, which I, mean, I can only assume looking at his track record that he just got like, thuggishly pissed <laughs> and maybe threw up in a fireplace or something in Dubai doesn't, which doesn't go down well in Dubai nice. um, and the whole deal is called off. Mansour doesn't 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 even meet him uh, and buys Man City instead. <laughs> I mean, yeah, what could have How been did that end? sliding doors moment? Yeah, is that is that like basically he gets thuggishly pissed as you say, and then he's like, we need to get the fuck out of this country. That kind yeah, of I don't know, or, or or um, the Sheikh catches wind of this and. It's just like you know, you know what? We're not even speaking to yeah, this bloke. Dismissive wave, wave away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Shake Mansour, there's a drunken, topless Cockney bastard <laughs> at your door. <laughs> Shall I let him in? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> so you say Mike Ashley refuses to meet the Shake? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So apparently Mike Ashley gets there and then just decides he doesn't want to meet. Maybe he just wanted a free trip to Dubai. It's probably a good time to mention some other some other drunken business meetings with Mike Ashley. Um, so there was this apparently one meeting that he uh, he turned up hungover and then decided to have a have a nap under the desk and he, <laughs> he refused to get out until somebody got the pints in. <laughs> it's just so childish, isn't it? Yeah, it's like they could sort of tantrum, but in like high level executive meetings. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
There is something kind of swapping ice cream for pints of carling. (laughs) Do you think it's just like a massive power play on his part? He's like, I'm bored. I'm getting under the fucking table. Wake me up when you're saying something interesting. Yeah, that kind of thing. Put them on the back foot. Or is it literally just that he really wants them to get the pints and he's so hungover (laughs) he just can't deal with it? Yeah, literally. Don't know which I prefer. Both are kind of charming. I don't like the guy, but I quite like the sort of like childlike innocence of it. Uh, yeah, I, I think these I'm, are like these are like high level meetings. Like he got, um, I think it was 2017. He got taken to court by this banker who um, who claimed that he'd he'd struck this deal with Ashley that Ashley would give him 15 million pounds if the the stock prices of Sports Direct rose to a certain level, uh, and they did at this point. And and he was sort of like, "Where's my where's my 15 mil?" Um, and actually just refused to pay or I think tried to palm him off, gave him like a million or something. And uh, it went to court and Ashley's defense was that we made this meeting, we made this deal in the pub. Like I had like 12 pints. I can't be <laughs> and, held uh, responsible for anything yeah, I say. Yeah, yeah. So they, and, and he got off. Like he he, uh, he claimed that the, the deal was just banter. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't have to pay him. It was a, it was a legit defense. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, sorry, he won. He won, yeah, yeah. The just banter defence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's quite rare yeah. it works. Yeah. I <laughs> yeah, wouldn't, wouldn't rely on it. <laughs> That's up there Should with... Should we tell Ronaldinho about that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's up there with... He is stupid. Yeah. He's yeah, trying yeah. to get off the Panama fake passport. That is amazing. Because <laughs> I remember when that went to... It was in the papers and the, the lawyer was quite a sort of meek, sort of, you know, studious, as as a lot of lawyers are, you know, intellectual kind of character. And then he was in court, like... <laughs> sort of recounting with horror all of the shit that he witnessed like a sort of Vietnam vet like <laughs> at that point they were taking their trousers off <laughs> and uh, I can't believe I, I thought he fully got the money back but that's no, amazing no, no, that no, no, Ashley, Ashley won yeah. I mean that's the side of Ashley that I kind of enjoy it's like yeah. it's just like doesn't give a shit room full of people in suits and he's just himself so Newcastle come back up after being relegated. Chris Hewton guides them up and Mike Ashley thanks him by sacking him the next season, even though he's doing okay. And he brings in Alan Pardew, who kicks off a actually a pretty good few years for Newcastle. There is a rumour that um, that Ashley met Alan Pardew in a casino <laughs> at, at like 2am and, and Pardew persuaded him to hire him. Don't know if that's true, but it, it's his biggest gig at the time. And... He, he does okay pretty early on and Ashley rewards Pardew and his staff by giving them eight-year contracts. Do you remember that? Mm. So that the story, um, according to one of the coaches, is that this coach was out in Newcastle, just at a random bar, and eventually someone came up to him and said, oh, Mike Ashley's in the house. And he's like, oh, shit, my boss is here. <laughs> just trying to have a night out with the wife. And Ashley eventually sort of like emerges and sort of gives him a big like beery hug. He's clearly like stinking of booze. And he's like, yeah, me and you, mate, me and you. And he starts, Ashley starts getting the shots in. He's like, shot, shots, getting him really pissed. And then drunkenly goes to him, you are doing such a good job. I want to give you, just this one coach, an eight-year contract. And the coach is like, uh, yeah, great. I'd love one. Thinks nothing of it. Um, is that a banter as well? Yeah, well, so he, yeah. he, um, he sort of like encounters Ashley later and it's like, do you remember that conversation we had? And Ashley's like, yeah, and I mean it. So he's like, okay, I just want to talk to Pards to check Pardew's cool with it. And Pardew's not really cool with it because he's like, where's my eight-year contract? And so he tells Mike Ashley, and Mike Ashley's like, fuck it, you can all have eight-year contracts. <laughs> yeah, this coach, Andy Woodman, 
says he he gets the contract through the eight-year contract and he's like, I'll just get my lawyer to take a look. And his lawyer rings him back immediately and goes, stop whatever you're doing right now. Sign that fucking contract. You are going to be paid for eight years regardless of what happens. Sign it and get yourself sacked. <laughs> so he signs it and they all get these man eight-year contracts that um, Newcastle only finished paying off like three years ago, I think. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> it's a weird time. I mean, it's actually on the pitch quite good. This is where Newcastle have that... They come back from 4-0 down to draw 4 all with Arsenal. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and they come fifth place in 2013. Mm. And it's where, it's the era of signing all these French players. They have mm. the scout, Graham Carr, who is the father of Alan Carr, the comedian. Really? Yeah. Who, who used to be a manager, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. No, he, he has like a really good spell in scouting. He brings in players like Sissoko, Papi Cisse, Demba Bar, Chancel mm. and Bemba. Oh, yes. Who's mm. the, the one who's... Isn't it Chancel and Bemba whose day of birth keeps changing? Yeah. yeah. Like there's, there's two things about Chancel and Bemba. The first thing is he arrives for his unveiling in black tie. Mm, and, then, and, then, so and then the second thing is that he keeps changing his date of birth. He mm. changes it like four or five times. <laughs> Didn't they also spell his name wrong in the back of his shirt? I think. <laughs> I remember when he, his age kept going down and our headline for it was Benjamin Button. <laughs> <laughs> Please do that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do check out the newsletter, upshot.email. We're <laughs> in 100,000 subscribers. I always found it a bit odd how much the Newcastle fans turned on Pardew. Because I, from the outside, it looked like he was doing a pretty good job getting them fifth. I think the following season, they didn't do as well. But I think he kind of have a little bit of credit in the bank, but they absolutely hated him, right? He's got a lot of the vibe that Newcastle fans don't like, right? He's like... Southern. Southern, arrogant. very arrogant, very like thinks he's beautiful. He's actually quite a good-looking man. Uh, <laughs> don't know why I feel necessary <laughs> to mention that. Well, sort of sharp dresser, very full of himself. And I mm. think that plays badly anyway. And so when things started to go wrong, he gets mm. blamed. Do you know the story about him when he was West Ham manager that a lot of people say summarises his character? It was, it was told by, I think, one of the physios was with Alan Pardew in the uh, staff canteen. So one of the coaches and also one of the physios. And uh, they're ordering food and it's like between steak and lasagna and um, Pardew orders the lasagna and the other two order steak. And then Pardew says to them afterwards, like, if I don't like my lasagna, I'm having your steak. I'm having that. Apparently that was like his catchphrase. He'd always say like, nice haircut. I'm having that. <laughs> anyway, so um, the, the coach is like, you can fuck off, mate. You're not having my steak. Uh, and then the other the other physio like is a bit meek and doesn't really say anything. It's his boss. Anyway, the food arrives and Pardew's just like, yeah, having that. Nicks the guy's whole steak and puts it on his plate. And the coach is like, mate, what are you doing? You can't do that. And he just goes, when you're the king, you can do anything. <laughs> <laughs> what a ballad. And also, I loved when, after Hodgson got sacked, when he released a statement saying that he was ruling himself out for contention of the England job. I was like, no one fucking asked you <laughs> And then also, um, just on his fashion, I remember it was one of the Boxing Day games. It was when he was looking for a new club. Um, he was watching Fulham West Brom, I think it was, and he was in the crowd because I think there was whisperings about him becoming West Brom manager or something like that. And it kind of cut to him and he was wearing this sort of, I mean, he's what, in his 50s and he was wearing this Louis Vuitton scarf and matching hat, looking <laughs> like a sort of like retirement home Justin Bieber. And it was just so obvious that he was just wearing all of his Christmas presents like the first, <laughs> first, the first day after he, uh, after he got it. So yeah, he's not got a lot of self-awareness, is no. he? No. He's got that thing, Pardew is like, at the beginning, it always goes really well. The players love him. It's like this big injection of energy, a bit like Brendan Rodgers, maybe. And then once everyone's sick of him, they are fucking sick of him. <laughs> I think that's what the fans had as well. Yeah. 
He's been out of work for a while now as well, hasn't he? Well, he's been he's doing just, his directing of football in Bulgaria. Uh, oh, right. He yeah. keeps complaining, like, why why do I not get a, a shot again in English football? Because <laughs> everybody fucking hates yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, and the fans the fans turn on him, and then actually, because Newcastle have a really bad season, and then it actually starts to go a bit better. They have, like, a six-game winning streak. He gets manager of the month, and then one day he's just suddenly becomes Crystal Palace manager. He's just nicked. There's no, like, uh, sacking or anything like that. And I think everyone's everyone's kind of pleased uh, that he's gone. Meanwhile, Ashley is slowly grinding down any remaining goodwill he has with the Newcastle faithful. He renames the stadium yeah. from St. James's Park to the Sports Direct Arena. He renames Shearer's Bar, number nine bar. Do you know, I remember the... Um when they chipped off the St. James's Park lettering on the outside of the stadium, it was literally like a guy with a wrench on a ladder just peeling the letters off. It's like, and they did it in broad daylight as well. You think, just, just do it at night. Yeah, it's summer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just get rid of that shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, was, uh, it went down badly. And he gets Wonga, the payday loan company, as, as the shirt sponsor at the yeah, same time. It's yeah. like, are you just trying to look like the biggest cock imaginable? Yeah. I mean, you were saying that it was he'd, he'd planned to use it as a use Newcastle as a publicity tool for Sports Direct right from the start. Because I also heard somewhere that when when they got relegated and the fans really turned on him, that that was his, that's what he decided at that point was like, all right, you know what, fuck these guys. I'm not putting any more of my money into the club. This is just going to be a marketing tool for, for Sports Direct. So, you know, did the stadium name change? I think their, their shirt got sponsored by Sports Direct at some point no, as well. You wonder why didn't he just do that all along though? Like... And then yeah. spare us the misery. Yeah, I think it was his game from day one was to just do this to promote Sports Direct. And yeah. uh, maybe it worked. We've said their name several times today. Yeah. So. <laughs> Does he even still Sports own Direct. it? <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Sports Direct, around this time, Ashley starts coming under some scrutiny for the way he runs that company. An MP says in Parliament that he runs it like a Victorian workhouse. <laughs> There's all these like really awful stories of like, female employees giving birth in the loo so that they didn't like miss a day's work kind of thing. And Ashley thinks, okay, I need to get some positive press here. Otherwise I'm in deep trouble. So he invites all the press to a sports direct warehouse somewhere in the UK. I don't know where. And when he gets there, there's like dozens of journalists and photographers, like the whole thing's being filmed and he gets to the security gate and they say, Oh, empty out your pockets. It's like an x-ray thing. And he pulls out of his pocket, firstly, his phone in his plastic bag, as always. <laughs> and then he pulls out like three massive wads of £50 notes. Like, it's a lot of cash. And one of the journalists just sort of leans over and, and looks at the money and goes, that's a lot of cash. And he goes, yeah, I've been to the casino. Please don't write about that. <laughs> Man of the people, my yeah. gosh. It's like, mate, yeah. surely you thought about that. I love the, in the build-up to that clip, he's like, he obviously, oh, fuck, I didn't think that I'd have to go yeah, through a scanner. Yeah. So he's kind of like stalling a little bit. Like, mm. am I going to have to? No, I'm going to have to empty my pockets yeah. here. Could I throw these in a bin? Yeah. <laughs> he's just so used to his pockets being filled with wads of £50 notes that it just doesn't, you don't even notice. <laughs> it's just the absolute. It's just the, the, the normal like phone, yeah. wallet, keys. Three grand in cash. <laughs> <laughs> It's just like the absolute worst. Okay, you've been told that you're a fat cat who's running this like yeah. evil like, Victorian workhouse and you arrive with loads of cash. Pull your minimum and get it out in front of your minimum wage workers. Next to their security barrier to make sure they're not stealing anything from you. You might as well have arrived in a top hat and a monocle as well to fit the yeah, full exactly. factory owner. Um, and of course, there is the staff party. I think it's a Sports Direct staff party where uh, someone sticks the full Monty tune on and Mike... <laughs> 
strips down to his boxers and starts whipping himself with a belt. Got some pictures of it here. <laughs> it's quite a madcap period for Newcastle. It's like things are kind of going well. Ashley's getting particularly evil. There's cash mm. flying around. This is also when Jerome Pardew headbutts someone. He also gets in a fight with Manuel Pe- Pellegrini and calls him a stupid old fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Stupid old fuck. <laughs> really good. But anyway, he, he, we, lo- we lose him. He goes to Palace. Mm. <laughs> Who comes in after that is Steve McLaren, I think. Right? Yeah. There's a caretaker um, maybe, but then it's, it's Steve Yeah, McLaren. Steve McLaren, which is not the most inspiring choice yeah it's kind of like big name oh, maybe that was was that post fc20 when he won the league with them essentially but yeah. I, I, he was considered probably about our level which is like mid-table with the occasional flourish up the table mm. i wouldn't i'd put him in the same category as pardew on the other hand like he's a bit of a a wally as, as the <laughs> president yeah, yeah, yeah. so i don't think it was like massive optimism but no one expected it to go as badly as it did he really struggled. Yeah. But then they got Benitez in after that. I don't know if it was directly, but that was that was that was quite a coup for them at the time. Although I think that was they were really struggling at that point and he didn't manage to save them from relegation, right? They went down again twenty sixteen. Yeah. And then Benitez stuck around, which I don't know if everybody was really expecting to do that, but it really um he became an absolute hero for the Newcastle fans and brought them straight back up the next season. Mm. And then I think he kind of why does he leave? He falls he's like yeah, trans, sort of transfer lack of thing. ambition. Yeah. He's probably the most popular manager of the whole Mike Ashley era, I would say. Yeah. Fans absolutely loved him because he was really good. It was weird. He was it was the time where in the championship I think there were three Champions League winning managers. <laughs> well there was him, Roberto Di Matteo. <laughs> was there a third? Maybe not. Maybe it was only two. Which was weird in itself. But he took Newcastle straight back up. The football was decent, uh, I'd say. Like, you know, he's obviously like not, he's not like the most flair manager, but the football's good. It just felt like there were positive vibes. And if we could just get a bit of cash in, like we would Mm. actually go places. Mm. But he has a meeting with Mike Ashley at like a local restaurant and all these fans turn up outside and they're like booing Ashley and yelling at him as they come out. But apparently there was some handshake at this, at this meal where he agreed to spend money and it just, it doesn't happen. Mm. And he walks out, which is gutting. Although his career is no style since then. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. The Benitez era was remembered fondly. I, mm. I think like... Unlike the uh, Steve Bruce era. <laughs> yeah. I feel sorry for which Steve Bruce. I feel yeah. sorry for Steve Bruce. I mean, when he was... Because he, he, he didn't do very well, but it just seemed like the Newcastle fans completely turned against him. And he was, he was really hounded out, which as a Geordie must be was really hurt um there was do you remember his uh his quote from when he when he left that he uh so we get back to my steve bruce yeah. impression <laughs> it's probably the biggest recurring character on this yeah, podcast yeah, yeah steve bruce it's been very very tough never what never never really to be wanted to feel that people wanted me to fail and saying that i would fail that i was useless a fat waste of space a tactically inept cabbage head <laughs> Cabbage head. <laughs> I, mean, I just love, I love the the creative insults, but but using a creative insult like that on yourself. 
Either that or he's, see, just, he's seen that on Twitter and it's yeah, stuck in his yeah, mind. Yeah, yeah. That's, what, that's why I always wonder. <laughs> has, has, has someone told Fuck. him he's a cabbage head or is that just an insult that he's just like randomly thought yeah, of? he's decided to himself. He does, if, you, if you Google Steve Bruce cabbage head. Steve Bruce's face superimposed onto a cabbage. <laughs> check it out if you haven't seen it. <laughs> Do Google Steve Bruce cabbage head. I think people have called him cabbage head before because he does look a little bit like a cabbage. Cabbage head. Mm. Yeah. A fat waste of space. Fat waste of space. <laughs> Technically enough cabbage head. I feel like we're giving Steve Bruce quite a tough run on this pod, but we love Steve Bruce. We love, we love yeah. Steve Bruce. Yeah. We're all for him. Yeah, yeah. We're not we focusing should, on his finest moments. We should, <laughs> we, should do, we should do a Steve Bruce episode at yeah. some point. He's, he's been the victim in every one of the episodes that he's featured in, hasn't he? <laughs> Bentner. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean, he... He does seem like a genuinely nice guy. Yeah. So what? So Bruce obviously clings on for the sale. There's, there's always been this chat about the Saudis coming, hasn't there, under Ashley? Yeah. So I think he put the uh, put the club up for sale in 2017, and there was. Talk, I mean, you'll know more than me about this, but I think there was talk about the Saudis sniffing around for quite a long time mm. before it actually happened. Um, so I think it was 2021 when the sale finally went through. It was like 305 million. So Ashley does, he makes like a 55 million pound profit, which is pretty. I not think he made more. Sniff- it's not like a hundred oh, and something. Oh yeah, maybe. Whatever. I wrote a lot, many millions. But, um, yeah. And I just love this scene of uh, the Newcastle fans descending on St. James's Park when news of the sale was breaking, which is the, the classic like, bed sheet and a tea towel on their heads <laughs> cultural appropriation and do you remember yeah. the club asked them to stop doing it initially because they're like this is not going to go down well in Saudi and then the Saudis are like no 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 we love it yeah. and so they start again yeah. <laughs> start handing them out at the stadium yeah, exactly with Shearer nine on the back <laughs> so yeah so that, that talk's sort of hanging around for a while there's Amanda Staveley who's mm. this like character who enters who's brokering the deal mm. what's her story i'm trying to remember she was in a she was a former model and then turned executive and she made her name and money by brokering deals between gulf state individuals and um basically like uk businesses and then sidestepped into the uh the grabby world of premier league football mm. she also, and then, um, also dated prince andrew yeah for two years very intriguing character very very impressive woman what was yeah. what was her um uh, she's adored by fans yeah, yeah, yeah well yeah. she she brought the glorious revolution on so yeah she's <laughs> she's a popular figure mm. i don't know mm. if the prince andrew thing gets much air time <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how, how long ago was that uh quite a long time ago like, we think, think, but yeah. he, he proposed to her <laughs> She, t- she turned him down. God, sliding doors. Yeah. <laughs> but obviously the main event is Piff, the, fa- the faceless uh, Saudi organ that runs the whole show. What I want to know is, did the Saudis get a free giant mug with their sale? <laughs> <laughs> there is something like he, um, he like... A pair of slashinger socks. And <laughs> didn't he force them to keep... Sports Direct had some sponsorship deal and as part of it, he forced them to keep the Sports Direct branding up. Um, he Did you hear the story about him uh, on the on the day of the sale? So while all the Newcastle fans are congregating at St. James's, popping bottles of Newcastle Brown, um, Ashley is in a pub in Soho. <laughs> she has like a five-hour bender there and tips the barmaid £5. <laughs> <laughs> He's made like 50 million quid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Isn't it's it quite that, on brand. It's in like a, it's in London's first gay pub, the oh, King's yeah. Head. Yeah. Okay. Don't spend it all at once, love. Five <laughs> quid. Tight yeah. He's either ludicrously generous or just incredibly tight, and you just don't know what yeah. what mm. Cashley you're going to get mm. on the day. And neither did I. That's what I'm saying. I'll tell you the cash that you won't get, which is Ashley Cole. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I mean, regardless of our opinions, in the words of Mike Ashley, it was just banter. <laughs> we'll let him off with the just banter defence. Uh, that's all we got time for, guys. Thanks a lot for joining me. Thank you, Zach. Thank you, Jack. And thank you, George. Yeah, good fun. And to our dear listeners, please rate us five stars on your podcast platform. Hit the follow or subscribe button and check out our newsletter at upshot.email. There's plenty more stories like that and probably more pictures of Mike Ashley with his top off. Who couldn't ask for more than that? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.